This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. everybody welcome to another episode of master the nec where we talk about the national electrical code and all things electrically related my name is paul abernathy your host as always and welcome to the podcast uh on today's episode we are going to jump further into article 625 and we're coming up at the end of 625 i know that everybody's thinking all right how many podcast episodes are we going to have but we're coming up at the end that's right. We're coming up at the end. We're at part four. Enough of that. And we're going to now end out these, uh, these um, electric vehicles, power transfer systems, EV. We're going to end it on part four, which is titled Wireless Power Transfer Equipment. So that's what we're dealing with now. And I'll remind you that we did look at that definition of what that was back in uh the part one of this uh, analysis of, of Article 625. So we've kind of already done that. We've looked at that. And so we're going to close this thing out with part four. So we're at, and I will remind you, there's a big gap between dot 60, which is what we ended up on in part three, and section 101, which is where we start at part four. So there is obviously room uh, for them to add more sections in here for those that specialize in EV vehicles. Obviously, that's the thing. Renewable energy, all this kind of thing is the big buzzword. Uh, you know, it makes everybody feel good. So we're obviously going to see more of that. And like I've said before in the previous episode, you know, you got the Teslas. You've got the Leafs, which is all. You've got the Ford now coming out with a couple vehicles, new vehicles that are going to be all EV. Uh, not hybrids like a PEV, PHEVs, but these are um, full-blown EV vehicles. So we have all that uh, involved in it. So anyway, let's deal with this power, uh, wireless power transfer equipment. Uh, 625.101 says, the primary pad base plate, and of course we saw there's a definition in dot two of 625 that talks about what a primary pad was. It says that primary pad plate shall be of a non-ferrous metal and shall be grounded unless the listed WPTE employs a double insulation system. Okay, so I think it's very much going to be with the system you buy 
And if you get a, you're putting in a WPTE system, which you're going to have what's called a primary pad, and it can be two separate pieces, or it can be a primary pad, and it can be in conjunction with the actual um, pad itself, or I guess what we should say is the actual uh, transfer equipment itself. You have what's called a charging power converter, and you have the primary pad. Now they, again, as the definition said, that could be two separate pieces of equipment, or it could be one combined piece of equipment contained within uh, one enclosure. So again, could be done that way. However it's done, I don't know. I'm not real into that, to be honest with you. And, and to be honest with you, this sounds very high tech. And again, you know, it's kind of like the scenario where as I take my phone and I put my phone on this charger and it does it wirelessly, right? Wireless power transfer. All right, but in this case, the primary pad base plate uh, shall be again non-ferrous metal, and uh, shall be and shall be grounded unless it's list unless it actually employs a double insulation system. Okay, and I think it's going to be obviously you're not going to make this. Right? You're going to buy this. So again, manufacturers are going to govern this, and they're going to follow all the rules and everything that they need to do in that as well. So anyway, all right. So this says the base plate shall be sized to match the size of the primary pad enclosure, okay? Makes sense. So, in the case I didn't say this as well, we are in the 2020 edition of the National Electrical Code. So, um, again, so there's a lot of new things. In fact, an awful lot of the things that we covered uh, in uh, part three of this series, uh, especially getting towards the end where you're talking about section 60, um, all of that was, was new for the 2020 NEC, okay? New material. Okay. All right, so the next one is 625.102, installation. Of course, when we say installation, we're talking about these wireless power transfer equipment here. It says under installation, there's an A, there's a B, and there's a C, and there's a D, and there's an E. Okay. So under this installation, let's look at A. A says a type. Okay. It says the charger power converter were integral to the primary pad, which they can be, if you go look at the definition of your WPTE, they could be integral together, um, shall comply with 625.102C, okay? And that talks about the primary pad, okay? Now, it says the, char the charger power converter, if not integral to the uh, primary pad, shall be provided with a minimum type 3R enclosure rating, okay? So NEMA 3R rating, all right? So there you go. So if it's primary pad and the power, uh, the charger power converter are integral together, which they can be under the definition of WPTE and dot two of this uh, article. If that's the case, and they got to jump, they got to follow. Uh, need to follow the rules of uh, of six twenty five one hundred two C. Okay, as it says. Now, when they're not integral together with the power pad, uh, the primary pad, I keep saying power pad, primary pad and the charger power converter, when they're not integral together, then, then you actually have to make sure that when it's not, then the charger power converter has to be inside of a NEMA 3R enclosure rating, okay? Now, let's look at the general requirements here. And, of course, we haven't even looked at C yet, so we don't know what it would be if it was integral with the uh, uh, primary pad. 
So B is general, and general says, look, if the charger power converter is not integral to the primary pad, okay, so again, if it's not, it says it shall be mounted at a height of not less than 18 inches above the floor level for indoor locations or 24 inches above grade level for outdoor locations. The charger power converter shall be mounted in one of the following forms. Okay, so this is the this is the charging component, which again could be integral to the primary pad, but in this case we're talking about when they are not. So you have a separate pad uh, and again, we're talking wireless charging here, a separate pad and a separate power uh, charger power converter. Okay, now when they are separate, then that charger power converter, uh, since it's not integral, and that means included in, if you will, with the primary pad, then that power charge, uh, that charger power converter, it's got to be mounted at a height, again, not less than 18 inches above the floor indoors and not less than 24 inches above grade level outdoors. Okay, pretty simple. Uh, the charger power converter shall be mounted in one of the following forms. So there's a one, two, three, four here. So it can be on a pedestal. It can be on a wall or a pole. It can be on the building or structure itself. And it also can be on a raised concrete pad. So you could have a pad, raise it up and mount it on the pad itself. And provided the pad rises it up enough for you to be able to meet these rules uh, of putting it 18 inches indoors or uh, higher as 24 inches outdoors. If you can meet all that, then you can put it on a pedestal, wall or pole, building or structure, or raised concrete pad. All right. Now, in most cases, I've probably seen these mounted actually on the building surface. Okay. But again, it, you know, there's some that these are made. And I saw them. I recently went to a show, not recently. Probably last year was from, you know, a renewable energy show. It was in Vegas. And I saw a lot of these, and they were integral to the actual uh, charger power uh, converter. Uh, well, I don't say integral. The power charging converter was in a, a pedestal. And it led from the pedestal down to a primary pad. Okay. So, again, so in this case, the ones I saw were in a, in a pedestal. And the charger power converter was mounted in a way on this pedestal, in this pedestal, that if it was outdoors, it would have been 24 inches um, above grade level. If it was indoors, it would have easily been 18 inches above uh, floor level for the indoor location. Okay. All right. Now let's get to the primary pad. So primary pad, the primary pad shall be installed on the surface, uh, embedded in the surface of the floor um, with its top flush with the surface or embedded in the surface of the floor with its top below the surface. So you've got options on mounting this thing, okay? It says this includes primary pad construct, um, constructions with the charger power converter located in the primary panel enclosure, okay? So in this case right here, you have a primary pad enclosure. It probably is in conjunction with the primary pad. But the key thing here is if it's integral, the, the charger power converter is integral with the primary pad, then it tells you how you mount that primary pad. And it reminds you that the charger power converter is actually located in the primary pad's enclosure. However they want to design that, have at it. But again, 
You just have to determine whether or not your charger power converter is integral to the same assembly as your primary pad, or if they're separate. And then if they're separate, then you know that you mount the charging power converter uh, inside no lower than 18 inches from the ground. And if it's outside, no lower than 24 inches from finished grade or from grade. I shouldn't say finished grade, above grade level. So you got your rules that you have to follow. Okay. Now, it also goes on to give us a one and two under this primary pad. Okay. And it says, number one, it says if the primary pad is located in an area requiring snow removal, it shall not be located on or above the surface. Okay. So this is going to be one of those ones where it says it's embedded and its top is below the surface, obviously, if it's in a location. Now, there is an exception. And the exception says, now, we're installed on private property where snow removal is done manually. The primary pad shall be permitted to be located on the on or above the surface. Okay, so kind of mounted on the surface or, you know, just above the surface. Okay, well, you know what? Private property, you know it's there. I think the last thing you want to do is tear it up, right? But if it's not private property, then you can control what a snow removal service does and comes and just literally tears that thing all to heck. And again, you're probably thinking, well, what does it matter if it tears it up? Well, it could tear it up to the point where it makes it faulty and you don't know it and somebody tries to use it and it becomes a hazard, right? So there's that. And then number two says, the enclosure shall be provided with a suitable enclosure rated minimum type three. Uh, if the primary pad is located in an area subject to severe climate conditions, for example, flooding, it says it shall be suitably rated for those conditions or be provided with a suitably rated enclosure. Okay, whatever rated enclosure would be adequate for the location to which it's being placed, especially if it's been placed in a severe climate condition where it's known to have some potential conditions of flooding. Um, you're going to have to work with your local AHJ on that, work that out and see it. Um, probably these things, you buy them from the manufacturers, um, you're going to have choices. So as long as you follow your choices. Uh, now we're going to end this thing. Well, no, we got one more. Is D. Okay. D, protection of output cables. It says the output cable to the primary pad. Obviously, this is a cable that is going to come from the charge power converter, unless, of course, they're integral. It says the output cable to the primary pad shall be secured in place over its entire length uh, for the purpose of restricting its movement and to prevent strain at the connection points. If installed in conditions where driving over could occur, the cable shall be provided with supplemental protection. Okay, some other type of protection in order to keep it from being damaged, obviously. Um it says where the, char uh, the charger power converter is a part of the primary pad assembly. Okay, again, all this leading up to this was assuming it was not. So now we're saying where that charger power converter is part of the primary pad assembly, the power supply cord to the primary pad shall also be protected. Okay. And then, of course, we end on E. And other wiring systems, other wiring systems and fittings specifically listed for use on the WPTE shall be permitted. So this is going to allow other wiring systems uh, and their associated fittings uh, that happen to be specifically listed for use with a WPTE system. It is perfectly okay to use them as such.
Okay, so that's basically what it's saying. There is a lot of times we have aftermarket products, other different types of wiring system or cables or fittings or whatnot that works with the this WPTE system, and they're permitted to be used. Okay, perfectly fine. All right, well, you know, that kind of ends EVs. I think EV vehicles, EV applications are something that you have to just be intimately involved with and do it. I'm honestly have only done one charging system. I have never, um, I've done one uh, electric vehicle system. Uh, I have never done a wireless power transfer equipment. I've never done any of that. So I'm quite intrigued when it comes to the primary pad and the charger power converter. And I think the misconception for many people is, you know what, how do you teach the code on it if you've never done it? Well, trust me, if you're an electrician and you're an educator out there, you probably haven't done a lot of things in the NEC, okay? I can, one area, I can tell you, I am not an expert in EVs when it comes to wireless power transfer equipment. I'll follow the code, I'll follow the installation instructions that come with the product, and I think I'll be okay. But at the end of the day, there are rules here and you just have to be able to read them and then uh, interpret how they're applied. I think it's pretty easy to know how high we got to uh, place that charge power converter, uh, depending on whether it's indoors or outdoors. I think we're pretty good. We know whether it can be put on a pedestal, wall or pole, building or structure, or even on a raised concrete, uh, concrete pad if we want. Um, and I think we know how to put the primary pad if we're doing this as far as the design. I know that we know that it can be installed on the surface, uh, embedded in the surface of the floor with the top flush with the surface or embedded in the surface of the floor with its top below the surface, okay? Because that's what tells me in 625, 625.102.C, okay? So we have some options here how we do this. Um, and again, as long as we follow the rules, then we're good to go. So if you get one of these systems and you want to install one of these systems, read the instructions from the manufacturer completely, um, follow what it says. It's kind of like those Tesla power walls and everything. They'll give you diagrams that you have to follow. They'll give you the information you have to follow. Just follow the information. Okay. Just like PV systems. Usually those are designed out, but it's pretty simple layout. Just follow design. The manufacturers will give you that guidance, okay? Anyway, that's all we've got for today's episode. That ends us in part four. So hopefully you learned something a little bit about 625. If not, sorry, I did my best. Um, until next time, folks, stay safe and God bless. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.